Well, what do you all believe is the biggest mistake most people make when staging their furniture? Oh, overdoing it. Yeah, <laughs> trying so hard. Yes. I think that's what I was doing. I was trying so hard to make it perfect or make it look like what I thought was perfect. It was, I was forcing it and just let it naturally go and it seemed to be better or easier. So let, I'm a less is more kind of Absolutely. person. Absolutely, I, I was going to say the same thing. Less is totally yeah, more in this yeah. situation. Today on the Zebra Blogs Furniture Refinishing Podcast, we are discussing the art of furniture staging with two experts, Katie Cloud with Katie and Company Furniture Restorations and Fallon Yates with Market House Restorations. You'll gain insight into staging techniques, including backdrops, accessories, and photography. Stay tuned for a great conversation with two well-known refinishers. I'm your host, Lane Ball with Zebra. I want to thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedules to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for having me too. You guys are known not only for your incredible refinishing abilities, but also your staging. Every piece is presented so well. Now, Fallon, you have written an excellent ebook entitled Your Virtual Storefront, The Complete Guide to Staging Painted Furniture. And Katie, you have an actual brick and mortar storefront. So you are staging pieces not only for social media, but also for your store. I think most refinishers would say that staging is really important. The question is how to stage effectively. And I'd like to hear from both of you about your own staging experiences. How long have you been staging your furniture pieces and what or whom inspired you? Katie, we'll start with you. I have been staging my pieces probably um, since my brick and mortar opened a few years ago. I mean, I did it here and there a little bit, but really pushing my furniture um, when I got my store. It was hard for me to figure out how to put things on top of dressers. I, I'm not a designer. I didn't feel like mm -hmm. I knew what I was doing. And I would call my sister. I would FaceTime her and say, <laughs> Amy, what do I need to do? What does this look right? What can I add or what should I take away? She helped me a lot along the way. And then it kind of mm -hmm. just started happening. And with having my brick and mortar, I have a lot of, I feel like I had a lot of options. So I had a lot of things in the store that I could switch out and not just a box of supplies to stage with. So that I feel like helped a lot. And yeah, it just started happening. And I think with pieces that are more intricate, I didn't want to mm -hmm. put a lot on top of them um, because I wanted the piece to stick out. And maybe pieces that are a little more simple, I mm -hmm. will just add a little extra texture to the top. But yeah, it did not come easy to me. It took me a while to finally be like, I got this. I can do this myself now. I don't need to FaceTime my sister anymore. <laughs> I appreciate you being transparent about that because your work is so strong. That's going to encourage a lot of people to, to say, to find that Katie found it difficult to stage because you're spot on when you, when you stage. How about you, Fallon? It's actually kind of interesting. We moved to our new home about three years ago. And before that, I would just kind of stage things um, to sell for when I used to have a booth um, at a local antique shop. And I would rearrange everything in our entire living room. 
just to get a good shot of the piece of furniture. <laughs> and um, when my husband and I, or when when we moved, um, I remember my husband saying, how cool would it be if you had like a place that you could just do that permanently? I think it was his nice way of saying like, stop moving our living room around every time you kind of tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I was like, that's a great idea. Um, and so I don't know there, there, Katie was actually a huge inspiration to me um, bef- before I even got started. And um, Allison from the modern cottage company, she was always really great at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just loved her style. And so I noticed that she had something different and Katie, I kind of just wanted to play off of that. And so I found some materials and we set up a spot in my garage and um, even with my new studio, I still use my staging area in my garage because I just love that spot. It's, you know, who I, I don't know, it's almost like people when they see it, they know that it's my piece. And, and that's kind of the fun part about staging. After a while, people mm-hmm. get to know, like immediately when you pop up, it's, it's your brand. Um, yeah, yeah, your style. Yeah, your style. And so it, it came a little more natural I guess to me, um, because I've always really enjoyed decorating inside my home. But as far as um, staging goes, it was more like a room. It wasn't specifically for one piece of furniture. So I really kind of had to hone in on focusing on that instead of of a lot of things in a room, if that makes sense. Well, you mentioned that, and that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. Now that you have your new studio, are you going to change that? You know, have a staging wall in your studio. But that makes sense what you're saying, because as you said, it's sort of like Katie said, it's your style, it's your signature. I'm just curious, though, some of these pieces are big. So how far is your is like, is it a big ordeal trying to get so you've just refinished it in your studio. Now you've got to get it to where you said in your garage. Is that is that a pretty? Yes, it's not pathway there. Um, And typically, like at that point, people are either coming to pick up their furniture or um, we're going to go deliver it to someone. So it's. Mm -hmm. It's on the way out anyway, um, so yeah. it's not too bad. Well, what do you all believe is the biggest mistake most people make when staging their furniture? Oh, overdoing it. Yeah, just <laughs> trying so hard. Yes. I think that's what I was doing. I was trying so hard to make it perfect or make it look like what I thought was perfect. It was, I was forcing it and just let it naturally go and it seemed to be better or easier so let i'm a less is more kind of absolutely person, I, I was getting ready to say the same thing less is totally more in this yeah. situation simple and you want people to to focus on the furniture and not everything on top of it or beside it so don't force it i feel like just naturally kind of let it flow and if you need help yeah, do you- i mean like i did i asked yeah. Do you do you guys spend a lot of time staging? Do you find that it's a? Uh, I mean, it's probably interesting because you've just gone through the whole refinishing process. You're finally, you know, it looks great. You finished it. You're excited to either sell it or keep it for yourself. But you is the staging is that is that a big process for you? Do you find it happens pretty quickly? I personally like sometimes it clicks and sometimes it takes me two hours, you know, like I just, it's hard. I don't know. Some like I can put a piece of, or something on top of a dresser and I'm like, yes, that's it. I got it on the second try. And then other times it takes 20. So I don't really have a formula. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm thinking about mine as I'm doing it. I'm like, what am I going to, I have to take mine 10 miles up to my shop. So I have, I feel like I have time to think about it while I'm taking it up there. Like, what am I going to put on this? What do I have? Mm-hmm. What's different? Um, what, you know, I have some time to think about it, but I do struggle sometimes still too. If the piece is just like spectacular and grand and it's a one of a kind, I've never had anything like it. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta blow this one out of the water. Yeah. And then it seems to be harder. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I can just throw something on it and I feel like that's good. Let, let's go with that. But I agree with Fallon. It does take some time, a couple tries sometime to get it just right where you want it. Do you, um, when you're staging, you've got, I assume you've got everything set up with your photography and lighting. Do you, and do you find yourself taking photographs through the staging process? I mean, you've, you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. So you snap a shot of it and then maybe you do a couple more different, um, props to go on it. Do you, is that what you guys do? Or do you just like, wait till you get to Oh, yeah, I do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sometimes it looks different through the camera, you know, like I'll I'll look at it in person and then I'll look through the camera and I'm like, oh, that's that just doesn't look good. So, yeah, it definitely takes a couple of times to make it look right, in my opinion. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yep. Well, when you think of concerns uh, that some may have about, you know, the staging process, one is likely to be cost. Would Would you both say that it's expensive to stage effectively or do you feel like that's something that can be done inexpensively inexpensively i'm a i'm very frugal i feel like i mean i'm redoing furniture and not buying new you know i like the idea of a deal and i like the idea of using what i have and when i first started staging furniture everything i would stage with with was it was something vintage or it was something secondhand. It was never new. Um, I always used what I had around. And now that I've grown my business, um, I do have newer stuff involved in it, but it can be very inexpensive and just simple, simple little things that you already have laying around. Well, let's, let's talk about the backdrop. And I know we've touched on it a little bit already. And, um, you know, Fallon, for you with your uh, backdrop in your garage, uh, but then in, in a new studio. Um, but I, I want um, to really have you give a quick opportunity to provide some recommendations for folks that they don't have. I mean, they've not, you know, maybe they're staging, but they're not pleased with their staging and they've thought about, you know, building a backdrop. Can you give us just some quick recommendations on building a backdrop? And, and just FYI, the uh, and I'll mention this again a little bit later. Fallon's ebook goes into great detail and is very helpful with uh, a checklist style. So, so please look into that. Uh, but just for the sake of our call here, to give some people some advice now, what would you recommend in building a backdrop? Yeah, sure. I actually um, used siding from an old home that was being um, taken down and repurposed the siding on that and kind of gave it a whitewashed look. So um, it's just all repurposed materials, and I highly recommend that if if you can go that route. But there are really a lot of options that you can go with. Um, fence panels or doors that look similar in style. You can use your the brick or the stucco or the siding on your home 
honestly, worst case scenario, or not worst case scenario, but if you really don't have a lot of options, it's okay to go just white with a white backdrop and maybe buy a baseboard or something and put it on the bottom mm -hmm. and then go buy um, some wood planks or some flooring at your Habitat for Humanity Restore or your Lowe's or whatever and use that for your flooring. But it's really, there. there's a lot of options out there. You just kind of have to think outside of the box and it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, again, if you do go white, I highly recommend, or even a color, just keeping it nice and flat or satin as far as the paint goes, because once you start getting to the semi-gloss and the gloss and all that, it shines and it makes your backdrop look glossy. <laughs> I don't really know how to say mm -hmm. it like it. Um, it affects the picture. So just keep it simple and flat. You can add texture in there if you want, if that's your style. What about size? Like if somebody's looking to build, what width and height would you recommend? Um, as far as the backdrop goes, I would say at least the height of your ceiling. Um, my garage is a little taller, so we decided to go higher, but mm -hmm. at least eight foot because pieces can be, you know, six feet plus in height and you want to be able to get all of that in a picture. So definitely eight feet in height. And as far as the, like the flooring goes, I would say probably the similar seven and a half to eight and a half feet wide because a um, again, pieces are pretty big. There can be a, a seven foot buffet and you want to be able to get it on there. However, if you just do small pieces, obviously you don't need that much space. Um, yeah. it's just based off what you're doing mostly. Katie, you uh, mentioned a little bit earlier that, uh, you obviously you have your shop or where you refinish the piece and then you move it to the store. Is all of your staging done, uh, in a wall in your store? Is that how you do that? Yeah, it's always been in that same spot. And like Fallon said, it, if you're consistent with your your staging, people know that it's your piece. I have a really dark mm -hmm. um, faux wood laminate floor and then a plain white with a little bit of texture wall. And I've always kept it that. I don't have the best lighting. My windows um, come from the south, so I, it casts a little shadow. But... I feel like people know that that's mine then. It's not a bright picture on all sides. It's kind of got a little bit of a shadow on the left. And mm -hmm. I think that's made it stick out like, oh, that's that's one of Katie's. And yeah. it's frustrating sometimes because it could be dark and the clouds are out and I can't get a photo. I also have a pole <laughs> kind of right in the way. I know like Fallon said, you need, if you have buffets, you need that eight foot, nine foot across to get that piece in. And that pole is just on the corner of my camera every time. So I do, it's a really tight space for me to stage those big pieces in my store. So yeah, I just, I totally agree with keeping it consistent and yeah, having the same area. I'm actually doing a workshop here now at my house and I'm making a special place for that so I can do it at home now and I have the windows being put in the right spots. Mm -hmm. um, I'm scared though that it's going to change my brand and I've actually been thinking lately like what do I do? What do I do for a floor? Do I keep the same kind of floor? Do I paint my wall white like it, it is at my store? Are people going to mm -hmm. know these 
are mine. Yeah, you know, I'm actually kind of in the same boat with the studio. There's been times where I'm like, should I just make it a cement floor in a white backdrop? Because that's what my studio is, you know. Um, and maybe that will happen over time. Um, because as furniture changes, I guess backdrops kind of change too um, and styles. So maybe I'll end up doing that with the studio. So I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I guess we have to be willing to change when the time comes, but I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. If yeah, well, it's kind of scary. <laughs> you guys are so creative though. Whatever you end up doing will be well received and, and will be good. Um, Katie, I have to ask you, is the staging in your store for your photographs for social media, is that totally different than staging your pieces that you're selling in the store? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I feel like if you, I don't show enough of my store and I think it's just because I'm not in a hurry, but I always have something to do. I gotta get to the next thing. And so when I go up to the store to take the photos, take the photos and I leave. But the rest of my store, it's it's full. Like there, the staging is, it's not packed, cluttered, but it's a lot more than what you see in my photo. Um, so mm -hmm. to the left of my photos, it, there's stuff everywhere. There's furniture that's piled with home decor and there's baskets on the floor and blankets and it's definitely different. Um, my photos for my website and for social media are a lot more airy. Um, there's a lot more white space, that's for sure, compared to my actual store, the rest of my store. Yeah. So yeah, they're simple compared to the rest. If you set something up to load up on social media, do you ever leave that piece there? And and because it's in your store, so it's it's already been staged, or do you then like then shift it and put it in your store in a different location? Usually the new pieces I take up, I leave in that front area and mm -hmm. I'm only open on the weekends. So I shift it around and face it out toward the street. And that way, when I post pieces, I'll say, this is available. It's new to the shop. It's in the window. If you're local, drive by and check it out. So it does stay there usually for a little while until I bring the next piece up. And then, yeah, I'll intermix it with the rest of the shop. Do either of you have any simple staging rules that you abide by and that you'd like to share with uh, our listeners? Yeah, I actually have some basic rules that I try to follow. Of course, it depends on the piece. But um, I always try to keep like the large areas behind and below neutral. Um, and, it, of course, it needs to be cohesive. I'm more of a, like a natural take advantage of nature because um, it never goes out of style um, type of person when it comes to staging. So a natural pop of color um, always typically complements the furniture. Adding a little bit of a texture, this helps grab the light in different ways. And um, it kind of gives a different perspective and dimension of how the furniture can be used. And um, varying heights. So, for example, like a tall vase and then a small stack of books, just kind of giving it a different um, perspective that route. And then the most important thing of all of that is keeping it clean and crisp and always focusing on the furniture. Um, mm -hmm. It's real. Honestly, it's not about the staging. It's it's trying to uh, bring out the beauty of the piece that you just worked super duper hard on and um, selling that 
the staging items are there just to complement it and show its purpose. I totally agree with Fallon on the, you're not staging the piece for the, the things on top. It's to help the piece show like the texture and the colors and um, like when you, I do like a light gray piece, people are like, is that white? And I always put something white with it. Then you can see that it's gray yes. or, um, that's a great idea. I always heard like the rule of three. I don't know if that's even a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Put, put three things on it and not one or two, um, and make sure your piece, your staging props are not overpowering your furniture. Like you don't want to put a huge lamp on a little tiny table or anything just way too big for the size of the piece Mm -hmm. just keep it you know minimal and smaller yeah and to go along with the whole like if it's light gray she adds something white so you can see the difference the um i kind of do that too with hardware so if i have for example gold gold hardware then i'll add like a couple of gold um vases or candlestick holders or something just to kind of tie those two colors in together not a lot but just kind of to complement each other and then Mm -hmm. um and the natural elements from there. Oh, those are great tips. Do you guys find yourself when you're out and about, I mean, even if you're not even looking for, you know, pieces to refinish, let's say you're an antique store. I mean, are you looking for things that you think would work as uh, great staging pieces? Is that sort of kind of always on your mind? A hundred percent. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> yes. Always. You know, it's funny. I actually, I have the blog right now and, um, I do the thrifty Thursdays with Fallon and the staging Saturdays with Fallon and I kind of intertwine the two. So thrifting to help stage um, and then mm-hmm. giving just little tips. Obviously it's not everything because that's what the ebook's for, but um, they really, like Katie said earlier, we are restoring and flipping furniture. Actually, I hate to say that word flipping, but we are restoring and painting furniture, but um, it's, we're not making a ton of, money you know so we had to be super frugal in what we're doing Mm -hmm. and um yes 100 percent. every time i go to a thrift store or if i'm out yard sailing it's the furniture first and then the staging decor even if you're going i feel like if i'm going anywhere i'm like okay where can i stop along the way to maybe find that special piece or i get that feeling like when we go to the grocery store we have to stop at this antique store or this flea market because there's something I haven't had yet that I'm still looking for or trying (laughs) to find, but there's no day I'll ever walk into an antique store or a flea market without taking anything home with me. I'm always, always on the lookout for something. (laughs) Yes. I bet that's hard for you too, Katie, because you've got this, you've got your store. So Probably a lot of the things, you know, you mentioned use things in your store, but most of those things are for sale, right? So I bet sometimes you yeah. have a really cool staging pieces and somebody comes and buys it and then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot I sold that. that I hate yeah. I sold that uh, I, accessory. I have people that want the pieces on top of, or I, that want the, the vintage finds that are on top of the piece. They're like, I want that plus everything on top, or I want that plus oh, really? the vase on yeah. top. So yeah, that's really neat. Like people are like, I'm not, I'm not good at the staging, but I want it to look just like that in my home. So yeah. I actually was using, I have a collection of 
I don't know how many yet um, panoramic. Most of them are military photos. And dare I take those up to the store and take a photo of them with furniture? I fear that someone's going to want them and I'm going to say, why did I take a picture of those? I shouldn't have done that. So I used to use just my personal things from home. Um, before before I had the store, I did a little staging just on my deck and I would use things that I had in ho- my home and people would say, how much is that on the top? Or how much is that picture? Or how much is that? I'm like, no, 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 that's mine. So yeah, there are definitely things I'll take up to the store and there there are things that come back home with me that you'll never see. <laughs> yeah. You you had a couple of pieces that uh, probably more than a couple, but I've, I've noticed that you've taken uh, looks like old books and you put them on the wall and they're open. Uh-huh. Was yeah. That, I got you... so many questions about those. Um, I just, I've thrifted so many old books over the years and I just, everyone is like, how did you hang those? How did you hang those? I actually just put a tiny little tack nail through the book. Um, I've seen where people use, you know, those plate holders where you can uh-huh. put plates on your wall, like those metal little goldy plate holders. I've seen people use those before. I didn't want it to be seen. So I just kind of tacked it in there with a little tiny nail and then taped one page over the nail so you couldn't see the nail. And yeah, they were a hit. And I have seen that before. Definitely wasn't my idea. Um, like Fallon said, I think, modern cottage company i did get a lot lot of inspiration from allison staging as well and mm-hmm. i i know that she has done that before but yeah the books are a hit people loved that <laughs> something so simple you know that anybody can do well um, one of the reasons we created our online giveaway shop which is on the zebralog.com was to provide folks with some staging pieces most of the items in the shop not only include brushes but also uh, include unique and or antique pieces that would work well for staging. We've actually uh, got some new stuff that we need to put out there. Um, We definitely don't want to forget uh, talking about photography. I know we've touched on it a little bit, um, but uh, I know we all have seen well-staged pieces, but the images may be too dark or blurry or grainy. Let's, Let's talk about cameras first. What digital cameras do you use and or recommend? Um, what, let's start with you on this one, Fallon. Well, I'm going to go against the grain and um, sounds super old school, but I actually use my old Android phone for every single picture that I take. Um, wow. and, yeah, people are like, what? You don't use like a fancy camera or anything? And I'm like, no, I, it's just honestly natural light coming into the garage um, is the best lighting I could ever get and just my old camera phone and that's it. Yeah, it's funny. I was going to ask you uh, if you guys, if you use your smartphones to take photographs, well, that certainly affirmed that. What about you, Katie? I am the same way. I would love to learn photography and be a professional and use Lightroom and Photoshop, but I feel like at this point, place where I'm at right now in my business, I don't have the time and maybe the patience to learn about all that special editing tools and whatnot. I use my iPhone and I have used it for years. And like Fallon said, if you have some good lighting, your photos from a phone, they're okay. I mean, they're fine. I have the question every day comes to my inbox. What camera do you use? And I say, I use my iPhone and they're like, no way. 
I said, I just touch it up with a little bit of brightening and some sharpening and just make sure your lighting is good because it can be really grainy if it's too dark. But yeah, I've, I've always just used it. And my sister is a professional photographer who is amazing and I wish I could recruit her to do my photos, but she also is busy doing her own thing. Um, but I thought someday maybe I would try to learn, but I'm okay with not right now. It's good. And it's, I'm okay with not doing those extra, extra steps with uploading them to my uh, computer, getting them into mm -hmm. an editing thing. Well, you know, I do use, um, it's called Snapseed. It's an app on my phone. And what I love about it, if there's a scratch on my floor, if there's a, some dirt or any little particle or the nail holes in my wall, there's a little um, tool called healing and you can zoom in on your picture and click those tiny little nail holes and it just blurbs them right out. So I do a little bit of that, but I'm not into the fancy smancy stuff yet. <laughs> right. You know, and to kind of talk about that, I'm, I'm right there with Katie. Um, refinishing furniture is hard enough as it is. It's very time consuming. It's not like we're just buying a product and, and reselling it. It's, you know, it takes time and effort to, to clean it and prep it and paint it and all the things. Um, and then when you go to stage it, it's super important. But um, if you don't have time to learn a whole new Photoshop program, which I actually did that in the beginning, I bought, I s invested a lot of money in that program and then I never used it. And I was like, gosh, I got to find a different way. Um, and then I just realized, again, it's all about the furniture. It's not about the best photo, you know, out there. And it's not about having the greatest this and that like it's really just about your furniture so if you can put a really great picture out there with what you have and sell that piece of furniture pretty quickly then you're doing well yeah it could be super overwhelming if you try to do everything at one time well you you both have blown me away with the uh, uh with using your cameras uh, on your phones i would have assumed you're using some kind of a, a digital uh, camera so basically you're not really, it sounds like you're, so you're using your phones, you're relying on natural lighting, taking advantage of the lighting in a day. And, and so, you, but you're also not using tripods either, correct? Correct. No, I don't either. Nope. I don't. I sit in a chair sometimes and put my elbows on my knees to make sure <laughs> that I have my camera straight. Um, oh, I yeah. am so particular about having my picture straight. I use a grid to kind of shape it sometimes if I've, if I've taken it maybe at a higher angle, like I can bring the bottom of the picture out, but no tripod. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> yeah. The, like the angles I'm in, if anybody was driving down the road and they saw me, they would be like, Oh my gosh, what is she doing? Like I am upside down. <laughs> I'm laying on the floor. You know, it's, it's some crazy stuff, but Hey, anything for a good photo. Yep. <laughs> Well, you both have provided incredibly helpful direction for folks that are eager to become better at staging. I would encourage our listeners to follow Katie and Fallon's Instagram accounts if you aren't already. Why don't you both share those now? Katie, let's start with you. What's your Instagram account? Uh, mine is just Katie, K-A-T-I-E and Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, Katie Cloud. I have had it that way since I've started and I always had thought about changing it to my business, but... Mm -hmm. I don't know where my business will take me later and I don't want to be restricted to just saying furniture because I do other things right. um, in my business. So I'm just Katie Cloud, all one word. Great. What about you, Fallon? I am Market House Restorations and that's all one word. 
I also want to encourage our listeners to look into getting a copy of Fallon's ebook. You can check that out by clicking on the link in her Instagram profile, which leads to her website. And Katie, this was your first time on our podcast, and it's been an honor to have you on. You're an icon in furniture refinishing. We'll hope you, we hope you'll agree to come back for another episode soon to discuss several uh, of your pieces and some of your techniques. And Fallon, we have determined that you are courageous for sure because you agreed to be our first ever guest on our first episode of our first ever podcast. So we appreciate your bravery and you actually came back. So uh, we're excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having having me. (laughs) Now that I think of it, you're our first ever returning guest. So that's great. (laughs) Well, again, thank you both. I have really enjoyed this time. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Lane. Thanks for having me again. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at the zebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an i.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing. <laughs>